the one thing that is the same across all of these situations is that we are more worried about a child's behavior and performance than we are about how emotionally secure they are. Welcome to the Relational Parenting Podcast. I'm Jennifer Hayes, a parent coach and 20-year childcare veteran. Each week, I sit down with my own father, Rick Hayes, and discuss the complicated issues that parents face today, as well as some of the oldest questions in the book. From the latest research and the framework of my relational parenting method, we offer thought-provoking solutions to your deepest parenting struggles, or in other words, how to parent your kids without losing your mind or traumatizing theirs. Added bonuses include intergenerational wounding discussions and guest childcare experts. We will also start taking your parenting questions in episode five. So be sure to comment with your biggest questions or email me directly at Jenny at JennyB.co. Let's get started. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Relational Parenting Podcast. I am so excited to introduce this podcast to the world. I cannot tell you how long it has been in the works, oscillating in my mind and my heart for so many years. And in this very first episode, you get to hear my dad and I find our footing in the podcast realm. With equipment we had lying around our houses and a sparkle in my eye, we recorded this first episode. We quickly figured out that we needed good equipment, so don't worry, episode two and beyond look and sound amazing. But in this episode, we introduce ourselves, why we are here, and what the big deal is about relational parenting. All right. So hello, everybody. My name is Jennifer Hayes, and I am here. I'm a relational parenting coach, and I this is the Relational Parenting Podcast, and I'm here with my co-host and father, Rick Hayes. Um, Say hi. To Hi. <laughs> <laughs> Hi to everybody. Yes. <laughs> Charlie McCarthy. So I am uh, starting this podcast uh, as a parenting coach because I want to be able to give information and make it accessible to anybody and everybody on multiple podcasting platforms. And um, yeah, so here we are. This is our first episode. Um, in this first episode, we're just going to talk a little bit about what the what the podcast is going to be, who I am, who my dad is, why we're here, um, and how to find me all over the internet. Um, so I started parent coaching last summer, summer of 2021. Happy New Year. Today is 2023. It's January 1st, 2023. Mm-hmm. I didn't plan that. That just happened. Um, that we're recording the first episode today. So started my company in the summer of 2021, Jenny B. Coaching. And uh, I have been in childcare for 20 years now. I started as a teenager, uh, babysitting, being a camp counselor, um, And then I eventually became a camp director at the local YMCA. Uh, And then, yeah, I went Hmm. to... I'd forgotten about that. Right. Started college in 2006. 
and spent several summers as a professional nanny in between. And while I was working on my, let's see, working on my psychology degree, um, after college moved to Colorado, which is where I am coming to you from now. Um, my dad is, I was raised in Illinois. My dad is still in Illinois and I have lived in Colorado for a, over a decade now. That's crazy. Wow. So after college moved out here, um, I was a preschool teacher for three years. I've been a professional nanny. I have been working with, uh, in the juvenile detention center as a behavioral counselor and let's see, Sunday school teacher, youth group leader. I've worked with ages zero to 21 for 20 years. And I've also studied them, studied them in college for my psych degree and have been basically studying them my entire life. So I decided um, to put that to use, to take the knowledge I've acquired and put it out into the world and help, you know, help parents. Uh, it's not something that we learn. It's not something that we learn in school. It's not something we're taught in college. Even it's not something, it's not a major, it's not anything. It's just nature. Um, but nature and nurture are not the same for everybody. And not everybody learns how to be a good parent, how to be in good relationship and to create safety and warmth in the home and yeah. go ahead. Healthy. Healthy. That's the word that came to mind. That's yeah. right. Not every, we're all, we're all from different households. Um, and so as a nanny, I realized that I was already parent coaching. A lot of the time I was helping my families and collaborating as a third primary caregiver and, um, and attachment figure. I was working with lots of young children and I was coaching on, on, uh, sleep schedules and effective, you know, meeting the needs of toddlers effectively and whatnot, just through my own experience and, and what I studied in school. And now, uh, you know, I've been reading all the books and all the things, uh, the last few years and all the research and, decided it was time to, instead of helping one family at a time for a couple of years, I could help lots of families um, mm -hmm. at the same time, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and thousands if I want to. And that is, that's what I want to do. So we are here today to start spreading the knowledge and anyone who's listening to this, I'm so grateful that you are here. Thank you for being here with us. Um, and I'm going to let my dad introduce himself a little bit, and then we're going to dive into relational parenting and what that is. Cool. Yeah, it's a little combination of hands-on. We're, we're kind of amateurs. You're more professional at it than I am, but just a, a love of kids and a desire to make the world a better place. You know, see if that we'll see if that is something that people want to listen to or not. See if we can share. Hi, I'm Rick. I'm a dad of three, two boys, one girl, one girl you could see. 
They are all doing pretty well, if I do say so myself. I didn't do that all alone. There's a, there's a mother out there, too. And uh, despite our their mother and I's difficulties, these kids, Jennifer, turned out pretty good. <laughs> and is Thanks. now wanting to wanting to spread wanting to spread the wanting to spread it around, you know, uh, spread the blessing around a little bit. I've been studying kids and uh, my kids and others for a long time too. This was always raising kids was my favorite thing. How they how they work, you know, learning how they work and how to how to deal with them. It was always a pretty conscious thing with me and uh it's more it's an avocation for me but i seem to i also have been through uh, in addition to parenting i've also been uh, uh got on the school board uh got uh what else i, I got uh, i was a karate senpai where with partial responsibility for training young students uh, sunday school teacher leader. Uh, right now, I'm professionally I'm a leader of teams of software developers. I like working with people of all ages, I guess. But I was especially fascinated with kids because it, you know, you, you get them young. You know, the things we teach our kids when they're young are with them the rest of their life. You know, that's how parents screw their kids up or give them good tools to go on. And uh, like Jenny mentioned, you know, not everybody gets a good role model. And I'm, I certainly was not a magical role model, but I tried to, I worked pretty hard at being a, a decent role model at showing respect, uh, giving respect, and having conversations with the kids. We, you know, we were pretty open about talking about things. And talking things through, so I, I don't know if that's too rational or something. That doesn't necessarily work with a two-year-old, but as they were getting older, I don't know. I just loved raising kids, working with kids in Sunday school and in school in uh, regular schools, and just enjoy doing that. I'm also interested. My my background was in biology and philosophy, college education, and so I've always been interested in just in people and cognition, how they think, and what motivates them, and how that affects their behavior. And so I'm just kind of a student of, of people that way, too. It's interesting to watch people with different stresses and strains in their life and how they react and how to help, you know. Uh, so that's me. Well, and I, I, when I came to you to ask you to do this podcast with me, I told you that I had been doing some soul searching about how to, how to put myself out there and that I was struggling yeah. with doing it in the way that a lot of entrepreneurs are doing it th these days, which is through social mm. media posting and making reels and all of that. And I'm not, mm -hmm. that's not, something I enjoy, um, like once in a while, but it's not something I enjoy. And I was really struggling with getting, putting myself out there. And, um, I got really quiet and call it meditating or praying. Um, mm -hmm. I just listened 
and I got this image of me in this green chair in the corner of my office <laughs> talking talking to a camera. And a day or two later, it became you on the other side and this memory of, you know, being a middle schooler high, and high schooler teenager having these long philosophical conversations in the car. Um, we talked in other places and other situations, but the car was always like the place where me and dad had these like really deep exploratory conversations. And I realized that that is something that I enjoy and that it would be a way to discuss complicated topics with multiple facets. Um, you know, nothing is black and white, right or wrong. And most, if not all situations in life and in parenting, um, have many ways to approach them, approach those situations. And so I thought that it would be beneficial to my audience as well for us to do some deep diving into par parenting topics instead of little snippets on Instagram. Um, so yeah, so I called you and I asked you if you would be interested in doing something yeah. like this with me and you were pretty much a resounding yes. Very and, honored. Uh, here we are. So Maybe that uh, writing in cars, kids kids writing in cars. What's the TV show? Comedians writing in cars, yeah. getting coffee or something. You know, you kind of some something about writing in a car facilitates getting a, having a good conversation. You know, in the midst of being busy and going different different directions. Yeah, well, there's there's a there's an energy to it because you aren't. It doesn't feel vulnerable when you don't have to look at each other and you're in a car and you don't like one person has something hmm. else to focus on, which is driving mm -hmm. and the road and the other person, you know, in this situation, the child, me, mm -hmm. didn't feel like I was being like interviewed or grilled about a specific thing and you weren't just like All looking right. at me and being like well how how's life how's this how's that what's this what's happening here and it's yeah. a it's a way to have a conversation that that is vulnerable without it being without it feeling so vulnerable without it feeling Too direct like, or something yeah yeah because there's very little hmm. eye contact in that situation um Ideally, yeah. <laughs> and, right. And it's not like, like in, in, in certain kinds of conversations, you want there to be like no distractions and, have, you know, this, but with your kid, especially when your kid is older and seeking independence and doesn't want to tell you every little thing about their life, yeah. that specific yeah. setting is kind of perfect. Um, yeah. And now, nowadays it might be more interrupted by cell phones. Um if your teenager has Ooh. a cell phone or headphones, but back then it there's was, a new rule: no cell phones in the car. <laughs> well, but back then it was I just sat there and stared out the window or something. You know, there wasn't yeah. anything else yeah. I was doing. Earbuds. 
But I mean, even back then, like if you were in the car, you just listened to the radio together. It wasn't yeah. as common yeah. for everyone to have their own thing going on in their head all the time. Yeah. But um hmm. but yeah, let's uh let's touch on relational parenting. So I named what I do relational, what I teach, um, relational parenting, because, Mm -hmm. you know, there's, there are all these terms out in the world and whether you've, you've never heard of parent coaching and you, and you didn't even know that there was help for parents, um, out there, or you've been on all of the parent help accounts for years, um, I'm just going to talk a little bit about some of those terms and why I came down to relational parenting and why I think it's so foundational to everything else that happens in parenting. Um, so there's, so there's gentle parenting is a term, uh, authoritative parenting. There's Hmm. conscious parenting, mindful parenting, authentic Hmm. parenting, um, peaceful parenting. Uh, and that was actually the one peaceful parenting was one that I was, when I first started my company that I was using, that's the term I was using. Um, but the reality is that these parenting isn't always peaceful. Families aren't always at peace. And in fact, if we were, we wouldn't be human. Like the con the con natural conflict, healthy conflict is, is kind of, what keeps the ball rolling in life. It's, it's, it's what life is. Um, there it's a good theoretical ideal, but you know, life intervenes sometimes and things get wild and woolly. And, yeah. Well, maybe a better term would be nonviolent parenting versus peaceful okay. parenting. There you go. Because there then, you go. then you're talking about what you, you aren't going to do to your child versus this idealistic rainbows and butterflies existence that isn't real either. Establish um, a baseline of activity. Yeah. There are certain things we don't do. Yeah. So working I mean, that non, I'm on board with nonviolent parenting. So, so relational parenting, I will at some point share a pyramid that I created um, that illustrates my philosophy. And that is that at the bottom of the pyramid, if you picture, picture a triangle, right, it's wider at the bottom, thinner at the top. And at the bottom is your foundation. It's what you have to have and you have to build on top of the foundation in order to create um, what the, what we're talking about in this situation, which is a successful, healthy childhood. And in order to build that at the bottom has to be that physical needs are being met, right? So we have to eat, we have to sleep, we have to be clean, um, and eliminate and be cleaned up after. And, um, we need, we need physical closeness. That's actually, that's very important. And, um, kind of the Maslow thing. I mean, there's certain things with which you can't really do without long-term. Yeah. Well, and so at the base, when you're, when you have a child, when you have a newborn, a baby, their primary needs, 
that parents are worried about meeting is, are they eating enough? Are they sleeping enough? Are they pooping enough? Are we keeping them clean? Um, And then, you know, the holding and response being responsive to crying, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but the Mm -hmm. responsiveness isn't physical. Um, That's the next, that's the next layer up that we're going to dig into a little bit more, but being held is a physical need um, by all humans, not just children. Well documented. So then we move up from the base layer, foundational layer of meeting a child's physical needs and we move up the pyramid to uh, relational needs. And those are defined as emotional and mental health needs. And this is the layer out of the four layers that I'm going to talk about. This is the layer that gets neglected the most. So this layer is um, emotional and mental health. And we, this is where we are focusing on how responsive we are to our child from, Mm -hmm. from birth. So when the baby Mm -hmm. cries, is the baby responded to, and is the baby Mm -hmm. responded to gently, kindly, lovingly? Um, This is where we are having conversations and explanations with our three-year-old, our five-year-old, our 10-year-old, you know, when a behavior happens, how are we responding lovingly, kindly, maybe firmly, but we're not reacting and with anger and yelling and like we are regulated. We're not traumatizing them, right? Or or sharing our trauma. Um, Although you, you do, I mean, you do want kids to be, teach kids to be competitive a little bit and and I guess to a degree, different parents would different differ, but because uh, the world can be a tough place, so you want to prepare them for that too. But for right, young but kids, especially, they will learn that in other situations in life. They'll mm-hmm. want they'll pick sports to play. They'll pick, you know, maybe they're com- they'll be competitive in academics. Maybe they'll play an school instrument. competitive. Yeah, whatever you know, whatever they end up being interested in the world will teach them how that the world is a cruel place that those zero to five years where you have little ones and they are just little emotions running around on legs and they have (laughs) no clue what's going on. Every little thing that happens to them, everything they see every day, everything they touch, everything they feel, everything they eat, everything is brand new to that baby. Just exploring from zero to five, you are that child's entire world parent, you, the parent. And, and if you are the one causing harm, causing trauma, causing anxiety, causing shame, causing guilt, then that child will enter the world already traumatized and they will approach the world with fear instead of confidence and they will approach the world with with um doubt and scarcity and shame and they will they will treat other people the way that they have been treated and so i mean it's important for the entire childhood for these things, for these practices, these relational practices to be put in place. But zero to five is like everybody has said for billions of years is 
those are crucial, crucial years for the development of confidence, you know, feelings of safety, love, uh, resilience. Um, And that's actually where resilience comes from is the confidence that I am loved and I am a good person and I am worth it to be treated well and respected. Um, If you raise a child to be talked down to, to be disrespected, to be guilt, full of guilt and shame, then they are never going to build the resilience to approach a hard world. And so that's why that second layer. So there's our, we have our physical layer and then we have our relational, emotional Mm -hmm. and mental health layer. Um, Mm -hmm. And that is where relationship comes into play. Relationship skills uh, is what is my, is what is my primary teaching goal for Mm -hmm. the people that I coach. And because underlying everything else that a child is going to encounter in their life is relationship skills, how to be respectful, how to be kind, how to respond to difficult emotions, how to self-regulate. These are all how to co-regulate. These are relationship skills. And so I teach parents how to build a healthy relationship with their child in order to have a successful child. Um, and just That's the quickly, uh, emotional intelligence thing, right? Setting, mm-hmm. uh, um, they tie, Goldman ties eventual happiness long-term studies. It's been a while since I read the book more to their that relationship thing, the emotional intel- intelligence rather than like IQ or other factors. Um, you know, that's a that's a real that's a real basic framework you're building. And what you're what it seems now that I was not aware when I was raising you guys, helping raise you guys, that you and your brothers, um that I, you were setting expectations. What you were talking about a minute ago is kind of like setting the expectations that a child has of how the world's going to treat them. You know, mm-hmm. if you if you teach them, if you berate them and uh, guilt them and use other, you know, use negative ways like that too much to motivate them to behave or whatever, then you, you're kind of teaching them unworthiness. Um and then that you know you are, uh, that's, a, kind of. that's a you are fear and unworthiness and that's just setting them up that's setting the wrong expectation for them to have of the world to have a positive relationship later on i hadn't really thought about that being a something you ought to watch when they're under five yeah well and it's you know the the studies were kind of like being done on relational the importance of relationship skills and it would be it you would be hard pressed to find it called relationship skills um if you were to like go search hmm. uh, a research database um, academic stuff yeah. you can't you can't type in relational parenting and find a study um, relational parenting is a term that i that i deemed the definition of what all these studies are talking about. Um, so yeah. when you talk about conscious parenting, intentional parenting, peaceful parenting, um, and you look at what the studies are talking about with emotional health, mental health, and how the skills to build that, 
when you look when you look at that, you read it and you put it all together, it's the exact same stuff that marriage counselors teach couples. Is it's it? relationship okay. skills and it's translating yeah. it from from two adults to an adult child relationship and specifically a parent child relationship because there's and i mean in in any adult child relationship there's a power dynamic and so the stakes are are even higher um right because between two consenting adults you have theoretically equal power um but in a in a child adult relationship there's a power dynamic at play. So it becomes even more important to hone these relational skills so that you are not um, causing harm and taking advantage of and taking away the autonomy and choice and like all these things we want our kids to grow up to have, but we take it away from them in their childhood and then expect them to know how to do it when they turn it, when they turn 18. Yeah. So I just want to touch on a good point there too. This, this may not be, we may not be academic, you know, the, some of these terms are not going to be academic medical kind of terms. This is stuff we've learned in our lives dealing with kids um, that we're sharing with people, you know, to see, see what sticks, see what, uh, see what people can use. Well, and a, a lot of it is going to, it's going to be, a lot of what I'm bringing is going to be straight from the new, the newest literature, the newest research. Um, you know, the biggest names in parenting right now: Gaber Mate, uh, Janet Lansbury, um, hmm. Monica. Oh gosh, her 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 last name. But these are people who carry, you know, PhDs in psychology and have run the studies or have studied with um, the thought leaders and scientists and psychologists behind all right. of these parenting studies. And, and um, yeah, we'll get, we'll, we'll do more on that. I want to finish this pyramid. So we have the physical needs. We have the emotional mental needs, which is what I'm calling the relationship layer Mm -hmm. and then we have the social and the um the academic so so Mm. we we you know we build this this emotional and mental health in the brain and then our children become more capable of being social and greeting people and hugging people and going to school and having friends Um, but that like, but that in so many houses and, and places that I have worked and, and been part of a family or been at a preschool or whatever it is, this third layer becomes the goal and then academic above that. So, so being, Mm -hmm. having social skills and then having, cognitive prefrontal cortex abilities to learn and execute not Mm -hmm. math and science and reading those two things are often taken take priority 
after physical needs are met. So my phys- my kids' physical needs are met and now it's time for preschool. And now it's time to make sure they have friends and they know how to share and they know how to, um, you know, read and write and, and all of those things and learn their ABCs and um, hold a pencil and tie their shoes. Play well with others. And, yeah, yeah. Like, and those, those are important, but they're not impor- more important than emotional and mental health. And so this four layered pyramid is this second layer gets skipped over a lot in a lot of parenting styles. And the, the research now is showing that that second layer being skipped is actually causing delays in these other two layers and especially into adulthood and relationship building and marriages, partnerships, friendships, what have you are being, are highly affected by this lack of emotional and mental health that should have been built in those first five years. And so that's, that's kind of my, purpose here is that That I have been, I've been working with kids for 20 years in so many different capacities in different socioeconomic situations from different backgrounds, different cultures, different ages, different settings from a hundred and some kid (laughs) grade school (laughs) camp all summer to one-on-one in a private home um, in Denver, Colorado, like, you know, and the one thing that is the same across all of these situations is that we are more worried about a child's behavior and performance than we are about how emotionally secure they are. And so that's what I'm here to dispel. That's what I'm here to talk about with you and explore, um, and that's what I'm here to teach. Make people think about it. People. That makes a lot of sense because we're kind of, a lot of that stuff, the soft stuff, the internal stuff, where most people are kind of left to their own to figure that out, the emotional things. And it's real. In, it's a real enabling set of skills. You know, if you, if you take a, you know, there's always training leading up to becoming a journeyman or whatever, you know, becoming an accomplished thing at work, person at work, where if you skip, if you got a four-year apprenticeship and you miss a year or two in the middle there, well, your third and fourth years are not going to go so well if you miss the second year. it's uh, You might get through, you might get by, but not as well as if you had the whole, had the whole course, you know, um, why would this, why would these skills be any different? I like that. I like that pyramid. That's right. I don't think I've shared that with you before. I came up with not that. the whole, not the whole, I don't remember the whole thing. I remember you talking about it, but I, this is the first time I've caught it all and it makes a lot of sense. It's a good working model for parents to keep in mind, you know, and to be, to be mindful of while you're dealing with kids. I think it's a really great illustration of, of where to start and the order, the order of things, 
you know, we're going to do from after this introduction episode, it's going to be topical. So each episode is going to be based on a, on a different parenting topic, uh, as we go forward. And so just some of the things that we're going to focus on here for anybody listening is obviously relationship skills. So we'll pull apart and pick out a, you know, a different relationship skill to focus on for each episode. We will talk about like really common parenting questions, things like nature versus nurture. Um, am I being too hard on my kid? Am I being too soft? Why won't they listen to me the first time? Why does my eight-year-old have the <laughs> attitude of a 17-year-old? Um, you know, addressing, yep. addre- there's, I mean, there's thousands upon thousands of little, tiny, micro situations that occur every single day in anyone's household. Um, and especially yep. when you have kids and if you have multiple kids, and each of them with their own personalities and their own needs and their own emotional yep. needs, right? Because each kid is going to be different and how it's complicated you, and fast paced, you know? Yeah. Well, and how can you, as the parent, you know, something that's so important is that you are first regulated, that you have dealt with trauma or dealt with your childhood or dealt with whatever you experienced and so that you can regulate yourself, you have emotional health and you can then slow yourself down. So you can slow yourself down when your kids emotions are really big and really hard and they're freaking out and they can't regulate. Like you have to be the regulator and it's, it's so difficult. So we're going to touch on those things. We're going to, Talk about sorry ways to, that. I jump in. You trigger a thought on me. People are talking yeah. about regulating kids and, you know, forming personalities and stuff. But one thing that struck me when I was, when I was parenting you guys was um, how much I learned. Being aware that kids are just sponges and uh, testing the fences all the time and testing your limits, you know, why don't they listen to me the first time? And it's a real chance for growth and to discover things about yourself in order to help your kids later on. The whole relationship thing kind of goes two ways. And don't, you know, just to remind people, don't think you're the master and of everything and it's only one way. Uh, Be be aware, be open that uh, if you haven't done this before uh, or had this kind of child before or or been in this mood, a kid with this mood in these circumstances, you know, it's very, very, uh, it can be very complicated. Be, be open to, hmm, how do I want to, uh, how do I want to play this? What's the principle I'm working with here? And uh, nonviolence or not, no trauma and, and how do I do this healthy? And sometimes it'll set you back on your heels doing doing all this stuff. That's just popped into my head there. Sorry to interrupt. Go ahead. No, that's okay. That's a really that's a really good point because it's so true. I always say that kids are sponges and mirrors. So they will absorb anything yeah, and everything yeah. you do. 
They will watch you. All they're doing all day, every day is watching you and listening to you. And then they're going to start <laughs> reflecting back to you what you've been doing. And That's right. They'll use your it. tricks on you. Yeah. You're going to see it in them and you're going to think that they're little tyrants. But what That's they're doing right. is doing to you exactly what you've been walking around doing. And they are doing their job, using, learning to control the world around them. You yeah. know, with the well, tools the other, you taught them. The other thing I say <laughs> is that you, parenting is the single most educational experience that anyone will ever go through. <laughs> Over anything else, parenting will teach you more about yourself than any yeah. other experience, endeavor in the world yep. will ever teach you. Your yeah. child will teach you more about yourself than anything and that is not that is not easy that's not it's a lifelong growth exercise (laughs) like choosing to have kids isn't just it's not just the natural urge to procreate like we are creatures of seeking and learning and growing and um and children help us with that and like you said that the that relationship goes two ways like children are contributing to your relationship they're they're contributing to your growth they're contributing they're doing their job as the little tiny humans that they are and they have come to earth to be and you are their parent doing your job and but somewhere along the way there became this hierarchical power dynamic and that parents know it all and have seen it all and they know how the world works and you're going to respect, I've earned my place in the world and you're new here and you're going to listen to me and you're going to take my advice. And if you don't, then you're disrespectful. Then there's a a negative consequence true and however it is that we got to this place in parenting and how we raise children is irrelevant what matters is that you know there's there's widespread knowledge that we need to shift how we're parenting if we want the world to change if we want the world to be a kinder place a more inclusive place a more loving place a more joyful place to live then we have to stop parenting our kids to be traumatized and to create yeah. a traumatized world. And to expect that, yeah. I'm going to share tools that parents can start using today. You know, each episode there will be there will be tools that I share on how to address specific situations with your kids, um, and we're going to talk about radical accountability. So this is something. Ooh, I'm like that. super passionate about in my own life. Um, it's actually been a subject the last few weeks or so in my household. And it's something I always am coming back to about radical accountability for yourself. Uh, so not mm. only are we you know, as parents, are we responsible for our children's health and safety, but we are also parents need to take 
radical accountability for who they are and how they're contributing to who their child is, how their child is behaving, and how they are showing up inside of that relationship, how they're treating their child. Because your kid comes out with their own personality and they come out with their own, you know, way of being their own spirit, their own personality and who they are. There's no denying that each child is different. I've taken care of hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of children in my life and not a single one of them is the same as another. And I've had to use different tactics every year, every child, every job, every interaction is different because each child is different and each child's needs are different and each child is in a different situation. Um, And this radical accountability is that I show up to each of those children or I show up to each of those situations or I show up to that child behaving a certain way or needing something from me Mm -hmm. as Mm -hmm. a neutral presence versus an ex and a neutral presence in the way, in the way that I am accepting of whatever's in front of me versus Mm -hmm. walking into that situation with that child, with those needs with expectations, demands, requirements. You have to walk, you have to become a person who can walk in knowing that you can handle it, knowing that you have done the work yourself to regulate yourself and to walk in accepting of exactly who and what that child is in that very moment. And then Mm -hmm. you can begin to address and meet the needs of the child versus Mm -hmm. trying to force that child into whatever box you want them to fit in. Yeah. And there's this toxic belief in parenting and even even in it makes me cringe even just hearing parents joke you know about about their you know parents just riffing at a party about how their kids are being little assholes or whatever it is like there's yeah. there's venting and there's being silly with your friends and things that you would never like you don't actually mean like there's that but then there are actual situations that i have heard i've overheard or i've been part of the conversation of parents just thinking like their their kids behavior is my kid's a little shit or my kid is so disrespectful today or my kid is this or my kid is that Mm -hmm. and I'm like you Mm -hmm. are defining that for them (laughs) they aren't labeling they're being a kid they're learning about the world they're getting their needs met they're surviving a lot of what a kid does is purely out of survival need and so the rat so radical accountability for how you are showing up inside of the relationship with your child and how you are affecting them and their behavior and defining them and putting them in a box and how that is is shaping that child's reality instead of just letting the child's reality be what it is 
Um, well, and you take out the relational part of things, you're not getting the feedback from your kid. Kids, two different kids in the same situation may need different things. You got to be, you got to be aware of that. And it can be daunting, daunting being too, too rules based. I got to figure, I got to pick apart the idea of rules and principles. I always tried to have good principles and then you mm -hmm. can walk up in front of any kid in any situation that you're familiar with that you've honed the principles you're working with over. I mean, it's nobody's been in all situations. Right. Um, but then you can handle, uh, it makes you more resilient or, or it, 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 you can handle more situations and work towards this, the common goal of making kids healthy, well, not making them, helping, guiding them to become healthier people, to deal with other with all kinds of situations in healthy ways. Um, but it, but you have to pay attention to where they're at or figure out where they're at. Why are you having such a crappy day? Why are you being so, like this today? You're not normally like this and dig a little bit and then share your, what was it you said earlier? You know, you have to share your, your maturity, your way you teach them, you teach them basically by example, how to deal with that kind of situation. Um, and it's okay if you have, it's okay if you don't know how, but as long as you're aware that, Hey, there's something we need to learn here and, you know, take, responsibility for okay i'm a little older than you i'll go first and you you figure out the healthy response to a situation you've never been in before you just have to adhere to you know be mindful of no we're not going to go violent no we're not just going to grab you by the you know i i used to see parents in the store just grabbing their kids you know they were frustrated they were beyond their limits and i always you know, I'm probably lucky I didn't get shot. You know, I just want to just go over and say, knock that off. You know, this is not the answer, um, which I guess is a judgmental thing. But, you know, the people, you, people are people. You get upset. You, you, you don't think straight when you're upset. And, uh, you know, learning, learning to regulate, learning to teach your kid to regulate, that goes a long way towards uh, smoothing life out. Yeah, anyway, well, right. and that's not to say, like taking radical accountability doesn't mean that you're gonna you're gonna learn these things, you're gonna heal, and then all of a sudden you're gonna be a perfect parent. That's never gonna happen. Exactly, never gonna you, happen. Yeah. Taking radical accountability also means that you are you are you take away the hierarchy this i've earned my place in the world and you will respect me and you and you level the playing field and you come together and you say i've been here a while here's what i know yeah here's how i see i see that you are so frustrated and we've been out and about christmas shopping for 6 hours and you haven't gotten your nap and you need more than just a snack bar and you're overstimulated with the lights and the noise and the whatever, like you mm -hmm. taking radical mm -hmm. accountability is you taking the role of teacher and someone with experience. Yeah. You haven't 
earned your place in this world. You have learned your place in this world. And Mm -hmm. it is now your responsibility with that knowledge and that power to teach this tiny human who has no clue what the fuck is going on and to see them and love them anyway, and then teach them and, and radical accountability is that radical accountability is also fucking that up and coming back to your child and saying, I'm sorry. And you don't deserve that. And no one should ever talk to you like that. And I'm, that's the word that was popping. That's the word popping into my head is respect. There's a certain aspect of having respect for your child. Yeah. Respect as well as as responsibility or accountability. Yeah. As they, as soon as they come out of you, that is a whole human that you don't get to talk down to. You don't get to manipulate. You don't get to force. Like, like you are taking away their human rights when you do that. And there's a, there's a level of like, of safety, right. That, that requires intervention and, you know, we'll dig into that on one of our episodes, but outside of grabbing them and move, removing them from the street as a truck whizzes by. Yes, please, please do that. <laughs> I'm infringing on your personal liberty here a right. little bit, but please do that. <laughs> um, but this, you know, if your child, you put a meal in front of your child and they eat what they want from that meal and then forcing them to sit at the table until they take two more bites of whatever. Mm-hmm. That's force. And the reality is, is children need to learn how to li- in that situation. They need to learn how to listen to their bodies. They need to learn how to, mm-hmm. you know, and they also need to try new things. So where, you know, so where's the balance in that without forcing your child, without manipulating your child into eating the broccoli? Right. Can you just ask them like you would either an older child or an adult? Like, like if I just cooked if I just tried a new recipe and put it in front of my husband and he, you know, was like, this looks weird. And I was like, you know, <laughs> smells weird, looks weird, whatever. Yeah. Will you just try it for me? And and then yeah. he's like, okay, like, I want to try this. Cause you, you know, for whatever, all the reasons you tried and you did this new thing and he tries it and he doesn't like it. I'm not going to be like, yeah. well, you can't get up from the table until you take at least three bites of that. <laughs> so why, like, why are we saying that to our kids? Like our kids can, Our children need to listen to their bodies. They need to listen to their brain's response to like, I don't like that. Um, And exposing them to new things is our job. Forcing them to do those new things is not our job. So how about the, how about the rule of uh, you don't get, you can't decide you don't like something until you've tried it. I don't know about a number of bites, for what your remembrance of that rule was, but it's like, you got to take a bite of broccoli or Brussels sprouts before you decide you don't like them because you never know. Well, so this is where at kinda a certain age, age too. you kind of, you kind of have to be upper depending on development because every child develops at a different pace. So some two-year-olds, you could have that conversation. Some two-year-olds, you couldn't. Um, yeah. Some days. But but there needs to be a conversation about how we 
you know, try new things. And you can even give an example of how, you know, if you say mommy or daddy tried, you know, trying new things is scary. I know that looks weird. Doesn't it? That looks like a, Mm -hmm. what does that look like? You pick it up and you're like, it kind of looks like a tiny tree. Do you think that we (laughs) eat trees and just like literally just say out loud the thoughts that you think they might be having and just make it this curious, like conversation and mm-hmm. just saying those things out loud takes away the scariness of it. And yeah. you can even be like, can I try, can I try one? And they'll be like, yeah. And I mean, there are some kids I've actually done that and said like, could I try one? And they'll be like, no, that's mine. That's my food. That was on my plate, you know, and then they <laughs> eat right. it because, you know, I wasn't going right. to like steal it. I wasn't threatening them. Like, Oh, I'm yeah. going to eat it. Cause that's also, well, that's another thing. But, um, you get past the, when it's just resistance, you know, when yeah. it's not like, it smells bad to me. It's just like, I don't want to right now. Right. And, well, yeah. maybe the first time you have that, that curiosity and that, that silly conversation with them, they still refuse to put it in their mouth. That's okay. A few yeah. days later, you're going to make broccoli again, and you're going to put it on their plate and you're going to have that conversation again. And someday your child is going to put broccoli in their mouth. Yeah. Like yeah. power struggles, you have to, you have let to work. Hard, uh, let them listen to themselves. Make it as le- as as less hard and scary as you can until they yeah. feel ready to do it. Lower the resistance to it as much as you can. Don't make it a power struggle. Power struggles are, uh, you know, sometimes you need them. Sometimes you need to snap them, to snatch them out of the street. But power struggles, as a rule, are less useful useful less useful the older the older a kid gets that's just where you get rebellion i watch people exactly. and it's like oh man that kid's gonna rebel one day because you're just push you're just making yeah. them do arbitrary things too much you know we're gonna touch on all these difficult subjects we're gonna have all these conversations and about the ins and outs of how to approach parenting um but i also want to make sure that we are that the point of this is to find or refind the joy and the excitement of what, of parenting, because like Mm -hmm. you have been given this responsibility, you have, you have created new people and you have either chosen to do that on your own or with a partner. And you are now a guide and a teacher for this young it's kind soul. of a sacred thing. Yeah. It's, it's not extremely a, sacred. And you know. it's meant, it's not meant to just be hard. It's not meant to just be this like self-reflective, self-awareness, growth thing. It's, it's meant to be fun. It's meant to be exciting. It's meant to be full of joy and laughter and giggles and tickles and silliness and fights and all of the things. And ultimately what we're trying to create here is a cohesive, loving, healthy family unit, right? And then when your kids grow up and they choose to get their own partners or have their own families, your family and your unit grows and that grows in a way that is sustainable and healthy and marriages that last and families that bond, et cetera. And that's how we change the world, right? Um, And then lastly, I just wanna say that this is not a show to listen to with your children. Uh, I think, I think I've only dropped one F bomb so far. 
Uh, Pretty good. Two, I think, maybe. Two, but it's not... I think maybe two. We'll have to go back and watch. I'm, uh, I'm... Yeah, I don't censor myself in that way. I believe in using language uh, authentically, and I do, and I always have, and I will. Um, we're also going to talk about topics that young kids and even teenagers would not be ready for um, to just hear coming out of your phone or your radio. So um, we will be touching on topics like abuse, neglect, mental health, sex, things like that. And so if those are conversations that your child is not ready for, then they should not be listening to this podcast. Um, I just want to put that out there for everyone to know. And then, yeah, so we're going to start with, we're going to start obviously picking our own topics and, and having these conversations. We're going to do about an hour every week, but we would love to either hear in the comments or via mm -hmm. email what topics you guys want to hear about. So we want to know what parents are working on, what stage you're in, what questions you have, what would, what do you want to hear about? Um, what do you want to, to get advice on? Uh, and what do you want to hear us talk about on here? Uh, love, here in the comments, love, you know, we'd love to take your, you know, real time, concerns and answer as many of those as we can for you. So, um, so yeah, once again, my name is Jennifer Hayes. Uh, you can find me at Jenny underscore B one three. That's B as in boy E E as in bumblebee one three on Instagram. I am on TikTok at parent coaching and you can email me at Jenny, J-E-N-N-I-E, at JennyB.co, J-E-N-N-I-E-B-E-E dot C-O. Um, that's also my website, www.JennyB.co. And if you are looking for some parent coaching, some help, some one-on-one -on -one right now, you can reach out to me via my website, my email address, or any of those other places I just listed. I will also list them in the show notes. Uh, so you can go find those and you can reach out to me for parent coaching. Um, you can submit topics to that email address and you can also go to my website and sign up for my weekly email newsletter that I will be starting here in the next couple of weeks as well. So you can get weekly parenting tips and support from me as well uh, directly cool. to your inbox. And lastly, I will be starting group coaching courses uh, towards the end of this month, January. So um, lots of ways that you can work with me or listen to free content and up your parenting game. All right. Thanks, Dad. We'll, uh, we'll, see you. You. we'll see you next time. If someone came to mind while you were listening to this episode, or you are wishing you had a friend to digest it with, I would be so honored if you shared this link from this episode with them. I myself have always benefited from community and sharing, and I truly believe that it takes a village to raise a child. Our society has become so independent from one another and parenting these days is often a lonely journey. 
but it doesn't have to be that way. That's why I'm here. If you have been seeking a more intentional approach to parenting, but you aren't sure where to start, I would love to hear from you. You can find me and all of my offerings at www.jennyb.co and come follow me on all major social media platforms. It fills my heart to hear your stories, where you come from, and your big goals for raising the next generation. And don't forget, comment your parenting question on our YouTube channel, The Relational Parenting Podcast, to get it answered on one of our future episodes. If you enjoyed this podcast, please hit the subscribe button so you never miss out. I am so grateful that you are here. And always remember, you are never alone. I'll see you next week. This show is intended for education and entertainment purposes only. We will discuss things like mental health, abuse, PTSD, and other potentially triggering subjects. Please listen at your own discretion, and this podcast is not intended for anyone under the age of 18.